the voice of reason, the voice of alarm, the voice of stats, the voice of scouts, the voice of Kool-Aid, the voice of dismay, the voice of Davo. And the Royals fall right back to 500 at 48 and 48, unable to get things going since the All-Star break. The Royals are now 3 and 5 since returning from San Diego and facing a must-win game tomorrow afternoon with the trade deadline looming in 9 days and of course time ticking on KC's faint postseason pulse. It's Davo, glad you're along. It's another disappointing edition of Clubhouse Conversation, your dish. We've had several of these Really, since, you know, mid-May, the season started off with so much promise, and it just continues to go downhill. And it's frustrating, and tonight, Joaquin Soria is left in the game one inning too long, or at the very least, four hitters too long. You can't even argue that. Throws a season-high 40 pitches, and it wasn't close. Gives up four runs in the seventh inning on four hits, one of which left the ballpark off of Adrian Beltre's bat. A couple of walks there, including one of the leadoff variety not sure why Soria was left in quite so long. We'll talk about that. I understand that you need some innings out of your bullpen. I understand that Ventura only went five innings. But you just you can't do that in this kind of game. The Royals were down just two runs when the inning started. I don't know why you would leave him out there for so long. It ended up costing the Royals big time later in the game. But let's start with our player of the game, as we normally do here on your dish, and it's Chesler Cuthbert tonight. Cuthbert gets on base four times out of the two-hole, which we've been clamoring about for about three weeks before it happened here on Clubhouse Conversation to get him in the two-hole. The Royals have done that. He's been on fire since going into the two-hole. I don't want to jinx it. Once he gets to the 10th game in the two-hole, I'll throw together some stats. Talk more about that, but tonight I can tell you his line, two for three with two walks and a run. So Chesler gets on base four times out of the two-hole. Now hitting 302 and OPSing 808 is Chesler Cuthbert. So very nice to see that as he is your player of the game. Now Paula Orlando, also a nice night for the Royals. A three-hit game with a run. And Paula is an interesting player for me. Because he's a guy who didn't take up baseball till obviously, the story is well known, until basically high school, 16, 17 years old when he got started, and obviously not playing at the highest level over in Brazil when he first began. So a guy who, some people say, is this guy for real? Is he a real player here? I, I think he is, but I think he's a fourth outfielder. I don't think Paulo Orlando is a guy you can rely on if you're a, a playoff team starting in a corner outfield position. I don't, I don't see that for a couple of reasons. Number one, while he is hitting 323 this year and having a very nice season, it's a very quiet as far as the power of amongst the hits. 751 OPS. So he's not hitting a lot of extra base hits. He only has one home run. So he's not hitting enough home runs, enough gaps, really, to profile as a corner outfielder. And doesn't walk enough either. Swings at a lot of pitches. He's sixth in the major leagues in swinging. You know, so he likes to go up there and, and swing the bat. Swing efficiency, or not not efficiency, that's not the wrong, the wrong word. Swing, uh, what is that? What's, what's the stat called? Whatever it's called. But not only that, but the defense is, is not good out there. The defense leaves a lot to be desired. And, I, and that's not, I'm not talking about the home run at the bat of Nomar Mazzara. Kane wouldn't have caught that either. I'm not even talking about tonight. I'm just saying in general, you know, Orlando's defense leaves a lot to be desired. So if you're going to be a guy who is not going to hit for a lot of power and play a corner. You've got to be a phenomenal defender and be a little bit more of a stolen base threat than Paulo is. So I think he's a great fourth outfielder. I think he is for real, but I don't think he's a guy that the Royals can go in into 2017 as the opening day right fielder and feel very comfortable about that as far as your chances of winning. Now, the Royals tonight, 
leave 10 men on base, a couple of miserable at-bats by Christian Colon. I'd like to see Whit Merrifield get more consistent playing time. I understand that Merrifield didn't do anything for about three weeks, but they've been basically rotating them over the last week. Merrifield not playing, it really is playing more of a utility role now and a part-time role. I'd like to see him get more bats in there. I'm not saying he would have done anything tonight. I'm just saying that I'm, I'm not a huge Christian Colon guy, as, as you know. A guy who did make a couple of nice plays on defense tonight. A guy who is a, an average defensive second baseman at the major league level can definitely play defense at second. But a guy who can't play you know, plus defense or even average defense at short or third, and obviously a guy that's not going to probably hit enough. So I'd like to see Witt out there a little bit more is what I'm saying. Does a little bit more, a little more speed. Plays better throughout the field defensively. But the Royals, with all that said, still had a chance in the ninth inning to tie the game, right? Bases loaded, one out, Salvador Perez against the struggling Sam Dyson. Love seeing Salvi take a couple of pitches, take a strike. But unfortunately, Salvi grounds out 6-4-3 to end this one. There was no big comeback tonight for the Royals. But let's go back to the real story tonight. And that's the pitching here. Donald Ventura... And Joaquin Soria. We'll start with Ventura because the first three innings, Ventura looked like vintage 2014 Yordano Ventura. You know, the guy we saw coming up in 13 and 14 and, you know, dreamt of becoming an ace. That's who he was the first three innings. Velocity was up a bit, consistently touching 97. The breaking ball was a hammer. Just fantastic. Change speeds. The bat where he struck out Roughnet Odor was amazing. A three-pitch strikeout with a changeup. On the third swinging there, I love seeing him have command of all three of his pitches the first time through the order. Nine up, nine down, five Ks. But then the problem was the fourth and fifth innings, it got away from Ventura in a hurry. And it was the walks again. It was the control. And it, there's a couple of things with this. So his, his final two innings then, two innings, three runs on three hits, four walks and no strikeouts. Four walks, no strikeouts his last two innings, giving up three runs. And it could have been a lot worse there. Getting out of the fourth inning, in a bases-loaded situation, of course, taking the line drive off the bat of Adrian Beltre with a rib contusion. He was able to get the out at first base, and we're glad to report that Yordano is okay. You know, no, nothing bad on the x-ray. So, is a day-to-day guy. Should probably make his next start, I would think, coming up here for the Royals. They do have an off day, too, so they're, they were going to skip the fifth spot in the rotation, but who, who knows what they'll do now. Maybe Ventura will be requiring that coming up here. But, the thing about Ventura is... It's the mechanics that we keep hearing Ned and Dave Island talk about. And I found it quite interesting, by the way, that in that fourth inning, he got into trouble with a couple of walks, and they never came out. Salvi never went out. Dave never came out. It's almost like they're trying to teach him to toughen up mentally and and kind of force him to sink or swim on his own and, and not coddle him as much. And I thought that was very interesting and a, and a very good thing by the Royals. The other thing is, he gets so upset. Like, he goes up the two-run home run to Mazzara. And I know he's angry, but then it's like any pitch that's not called a strike, that's a borderline pitch, he snaps at the ball and storms around. It's like, it's like you're Donald, you're, you're still pitching a pretty good game. You're giving up two runs here and three-plus innings. You can still easily get through six innings or set, a two-run ball or seven innings, three-run ball. That's a good start. Like He's not going to throw a shutout every time. I, I just think he gets so rattled so quick. It's, it's so frustrating to watch because you see a guy who really was the first three innings like an ace, and then he turns right back into – the borderline number four or five starter we've seen for three-fourths of his starts during the 2016 season. It's just so frustrating because it's some of it's mechanics, obviously, giving up four walks those last two innings. And some of it is things snowballing. The mechanics snowball into his head, and then he gets frustrated, and 
the temper comes out. He's, you know, I don't think obviously that's not going to help when you're pitching. It's going to probably make your mechanics worse when you're trying too hard or frustrated or overthinking. I don't know. It, it's just like it, he gives up two runs and it's the end of the world, but he's still pitching a good game. That's the one thing I noticed tonight from a takeaway was just how hard he was in himself when he gave up the two run shot to Mazzara that Orlando nearly caught. So I don't know. It, it, he's a very frustrating, very frustrating guy. He really is. Now, Joaquim Soria, unfortunately, is the story again tonight. Not to be confused with Trevor Story for the Rockies, who has two home runs tonight and a couple of other times he's gotten on base. Not that I play fantasy baseball and follow every team in baseball incessantly, but <laughs> just FYI. But yeah, Soria is the story again tonight. Ned left him in for a second inning, which I thought was debatable going into that seventh inning. But okay, you know, your bullpen... You know, or the starting rotation is not giving you innings, obviously. Your bullpen, you need some innings out of guys, and you'd probably rather have Soria in there than some of the guys at the very back of that bullpen. The back meaning, not not the back as in Wade Davis or Herrera, the back meaning, you know, the guys that are less reliable. But Soria's getting there in a hurry, and I've been very, very adamant about not booing Soria, about being fair to him, about supporting him, about standing up for him especially in the months of April and May and part of June. And I'm still not, I would never advocate to boo a player. I'm still, he's in my book, he's still a Royals Hall of Famer as of right now, but he could totally taint this. And this keeps going on. One thing I will tell you, we, we didn't talk about, I didn't do a dish the other day when he gave up the home run that lost the game is I, I absolutely despise the, I made a good pitch and salt to Milwaukee headed out. No, you didn't make a good pitch. You got hit out of the ballpark. You didn't make a good pitch. Don't tell me that. I hate that. That's Daryl May stuff from 2003 and 2004. That's a loser's mentality. Don't tell me you made a good pitch when you get, hit the ball to the ballpark. Because that's one way I will get frustrated and turn on you a little bit is when you make excuses. You did not make a good pitch. And again, Soria, I stood up for him nonstop throughout this year. Told Royals fans to remain patient. We went over his last several years how he's been pretty damn good. But he hasn't been this year. In high leverage situations, he's been awful this year. I don't understand, though. I mean, even bringing him back out for that second inning, okay. The leadoff walk, though, to Robinson Chirinos, okay, well, I'd probably go get him at that point, but okay, leave him in, fine. Delano De Shields bunts him over to second, okay, leave him in. Jerks and Profrock rounds that, okay, leave him in. But then he walks Nomar Mazzara, and at that point, he's by far at his season high in pitch count. First and third two outs, you got to go get him. But then Ian Desmond singles, go get him right now, right? Adrian Beltre homers in a ball that still hasn't come down. You definitely go get him now, right? Roughnet Odor singles? Gonna go get him now? No. Elvis Andrews flies out. I don't know how much longer. I guess Ned was just going to leave him until he finished the seventh inning no matter what. And I'm not saying Ned was waving the white flag, but I'm almost saying Ned was waving the white flag. I mean, what are you doing there, Ned? I, I don't understand that. I mean, Ned, Ned himself has been saying this is mid-September now. It's go time. And I agree with them, but then, then manage like that. No urgency whatsoever there. Bringing him out for a second inning, and once he gets in trouble, you have to get him out of that game. Soria's ERA now sits at 4.29, which is not good at all. And a guy that you really can't rely on in high-leverage situations anymore. And this is why the Royals aren't a playoff team and why it's probably going to be sell time here in about a week. Because there's just so many holes. The bullpen was once the best in baseball and is quickly becoming very average. With Soria collapsing, you no longer have Danny Duffy out there. Luke Hochaver's pushing a four ERA, would be over four. It, you know, had some of the inherited runners he's allowed to score counted towards him, which don't, but basically a four ERA pitcher from him, over four from Soria. 
You know, Duffy's now in the rotation. That leaves you with two very, very high-end stud relievers, obviously, in Herrera and Davis. But outside of those two, the bullpen is really pretty weak for the Royals right now. So at this point right now, today, the Royals have an average Major League bullpen, in my opinion, because you only have the eighth and ninth innings covered two out of three days. Other than that, it's, it's a debacle out there for the most part. The Royals have a very average bullpen to me right now. Right? Okay? Starting pitching is amongst the five worst in all of baseball. And there's no Mike Miner, unfortunately, anytime soon. No Chris Medlin. No Kyle Zemmer. There's not much reinforcement within the organization. And offensively right now, you just can't get anything going. The Royals can't hit any home runs. They can't, they can't get the extra base hits. They can't get the hits, period. They just can't put runs on the board. You've got a bottom five offense, a bottom five starting pitching, an average bullpen, and a good defense. That's not going to get it done, especially with the whole dug as it is. It's probably going to be time here in about five, six days to talk about trading Morales, Volquez, and Hochaber. And Volquez probably the one you won't see traded because the Royals need to field a team the last two months and don't want to completely destroy their bullpen because they don't have – I mean, imagine how bad the rotation would be if you even take away Volquez, who's been – slightly disappointing this year. But if you took him out, you're really bad in the rotation. So I think there's a pretty good chance you see Hochaver and Morales dealt because you can easily plug in an Eibner, a Dozier, or some other guys at your D8 spot, rotate Gordon around, rotate some other guys to keep him healthy, even Kane when he comes back. And the bullpen is not good anyways. You've got enough guys on AAA that can cover it for the remainder of the year. The Royals want a playoff team, guys. It sucks. It sucks bad. I, I made this realization about four days ago. Not, 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 you know, not a playoff team. AJ Griffin, Edson, Volquez, the finale tomorrow. It's a must-win game, obviously. I don't think anybody will laugh at me now for saying that. About the third time this year I've said it's a must-win game. It's a must-win game. You can't lose this series again. You're 3-5 and five since the All-Star break. You're trying to jump six teams for a wild card spot. You lose tomorrow. You're under 500. You're not a you're not in a pennant race or a playoff race if you're under 500, and it's almost August 1st. That means you're on the default, very edge of the playoff race by default. If you're under 500 or at 500 going into the last week before the trade deadline, you're not in the playoff race, guys. Right? I mean, you hear the Yankees about to trade Chapman, and they're what ahead of the Royals now. You hear the White Sox about to trade Chris Sale, and what the hell's going on with him cutting up jerseys? And they're right there with the Royals. I mean, the Mariners have already sold, and they were ahead of the Royals, were a game back at that point. The Royals are not a playoff team. There's too many teams to jump. But mathematically, they're still in it, obviously. So, you know, if we're going to play the games and hope that they are a playoff team, which obviously that's the point, then tomorrow's a must-win. I, I already know that they're not a playoff team, but it's still a must-win game, right? We still gotta we still gotta go through the motions and brainwash ourselves to believe here, right? Even though we know. In our heads, there's a 95% chance this team making the playoffs. There's still that 5% chance in our hearts that math would support that there still is a possibility. So who knows? A.J. Griffin, Edson Volquez tomorrow. Could it be Edson Volquez's final start in Royals uniform? Outside chance? Probably not, but it could be. Griffin 3-1, and one, a 4-2-6. Volquez 8-8, eight eight, a 4-7-2. Griffin comes off of five innings, five runs against the Angels. Back-to-back outings of five runs or more. Alex Gordon, interestingly enough, is 5-for-5 five five with the home run off of Griffin. And Volkes comes off seven innings against Cleveland, two runs and five hits. Uh, Ian Desmond 
is one for 11 against Volquez with a home run in his major league career. So there you go. It's your dish on Clubhouse Conversation. Appreciate you listening. You can always follow us on Twitter, at Rails Clubhouse. Clubhouse Conversation on Facebook. Subscribe on iTunes as well and keep it here during the season once a week for an interview with a current Royal. And in the offseason, we talk to a former Royal year-round here on Clubhouse Conversation. Have a great night. Go Royals.